Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Krista. And we're your hosts, guides, and friends on this path. Almost 30 is not about your age. It's about the feeling. All of us are almost something, seeking community and resources to support the rumblings of transformation within us. Our conversations are deep dives, shepherded by our insatiable curiosity and desire for connection, enduring inspiration, and a sense of levity that we can all benefit from. We're looking to find the magic in the human experience. Buckle up, baby. Your evolution is waiting. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. It's Lindsay and Krista. It's Lindsay and Krista. So glad you're here. When I was traveling recently, there was someone that listened to the show and his name was Frank. Hi, Frank, if you're listening. And he was like, it's a feeling. It's not about the age. Because he's Spanish. He's like, <laughs> he's like, it's a feeling. It's not about the age. And I was like, that's right, honey. It's not about the age. Wait, that's amazing. It was the best. He like knew the whole like shtick. Like, I love our new intro, actually. I do, so too. I'm really glad people are vibing with it and I know. memorizing it <laughs> i'm glad that our, our community has gone with us on our journey past 30 like yeah. we really appreciate you we started before we were 30 about seven years ago when podcasting wasn't even that cool we did this thing because we loved it we never thought it would be anything and now we have a community we have retreats and we have a membership we do courses and programs and we have the pod as like our foundation where we've explored so much in consciousness spirituality relationships and our friendship it's the best our first intro, if anyone is interested, we hired someone to record it. We've never met him before in our never. life, but like iconic. King. Iconic. Actually, do we know his name? No, but he no. was on Fiverr and he was like, I just remember him being like, and to ask, is it almost 30? <laughs> it was like, what was the, because it, it actually didn't make sense. Non nothing made sense. It no None of it. We probably wrote it. And of course. he recorded it beautifully. And he's like. What happened then? What happened now? And oh, ask, yeah. is it almost 30? <laughs> yeah, dude. And we, and we were like, perfect. We, Cut it. Honestly. <laughs> I think it's crazy. So our first theme of our cover art. So we had our first cover art that we launched with in 2016. Yeah. It was a photo of Lindsay and I. And we were like, let's be like, our, our aesthetic for our fits was, let's play on the fact that we're almost 30, but we still feel young. Yeah. So we wore bathing suits with jean shorts. <laughs> And I wore a fake Supreme hat. A fake Supreme hat. And chains. We wore chains. <laughs> I mean. It was like a night. Why did we? It was like kind 90s of incorrect. It was very. It was so off <laughs> and odd. And <laughs> and there was like a splat on it. Like the, it was yes. like almost 30 with a splat. A friend with like of ours like did art. like a little clip art thing. A splat and then almost 30. And it was just. If you're not embarrassed by what you launch with or what you do, you're going too slow. Yeah. And you you should be embarrassed. Be yeah, honestly. And everyone's going to be like launching with dog shit stuff and be like, why am I not successful? I don't know if we thought it was the best thing, but it was kind of like at that point where like, we just need to launch the show. Totally. We're like, we've been recording on our closet floors for eight months. We need to just like literally do this. So yeah. let's just put it out there. I mean, I'm sure we thought it was good. I think we did think. I mean, time. we had to have. I remember a friend, I'll never forget, my friend Gemma. She's like, listen, she's like, yeah, it's interesting. You know, like <laughs> her like feedback. Like she was like, oh, yeah. You and know, we, like don't sleep for three days upon hearing that. It's feedback. interesting. I, it, you know, what's, I actually will never forget where I was. I was walking from my apartment to the beach, heard the feedback, but I actually loved what we were doing so much. I really didn't give a fuck. I, I'm saying F a lot lately in this show. It's all good. I've said it in every intro. I don't know what my deal is. <laughs> with cussing now she's single baby i'm single and i'm staying <laughs> but it was very weird i'll never forget the moment i did not care and i care what people think yeah, yeah so yeah. but it was weird i was like i don't really care totally 
Not that I don't care about her opinion, but and that's like that early day like energy. Because there was like definitely a time where like we would get reviews. We get like literally a hundred good reviews and one oh, like yeah. so so review, and we're uh-huh. like, but totally I, that early energy is like what you need. Yes, I think too when you're early on, you kind of are looking more. There's the subconscious part of you that probably wants to stay small, so you look more for the feedback. Mm. You're like, am I doing? Is this right? Like, yep. Is this good? And so I remember looking at every review before and now it's like you just don't look like if you're someone that's creating you just can't be in reviews you can't be in that type of feedback there's that like advice don't create for your audience yes and it's kind of hard not to you know what I mean like I feel like it's very specific for totally agree depending on what you're creating because I agree with that and also what do you guys want to talk about Uh, yeah honestly totally it's like you want to have a conversation obviously because we're so community focused and our community is so important, but there is that where it can take you over and you can be creating then for other people. And it's like, you're, then you're creating for someone in your DMs and like not yourself. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, I want to listen to you talk about this. And you're like, okay. And you're doing a full episode for one person rather than creating what the original intent was, which was for people and mostly for yourself. Yeah. I think that's the thing that I think women miss a lot with business or creativity or creating that Women are so relational. Women are so other focused. Women are so selfless and giving that they always are like, I want to help women. I want to do this thing. I want to support people, which is obviously a powerful place to be. But then you're doing everything for everyone else and you're not actually doing it for yourself. And it has to be self-driven first to keep momentum, to keep clarity, Mm -hmm. to keep like you as like an important part of the creative process like you have to enjoy and love what you do and you and you deserve to Mm -hmm. take that to the bank that's the musings i have (laughs) so me and Lindsay were talking before i you guys i started watching love is blind when i go in on shows i'll i won't watch tv for months and then i'll go in In, and spend every moment watching a show isn't it fun though to have like seasons i was getting ready for this and i was watching it watching the reunion it's very interesting though i wish love is blind would provide them with therapeutic support Mm, coming out of every show show. honestly (laughs) they all need therapy but i'm like they could really it would just be so because you see the couples you see them doing things where you're like oh you're self-sabotaging you are fearful your patterns are you can kind of see it when you know because it's so easy to see everyone else's stuff and not your own stuff obviously so that's what the whole show is about but i'm like man they could really use help because it is important for you to feel physically attracted to your person or partner or the person that you love. And like, I don't think love is blind personally. Yeah. I feel like Completely. I want to be attracted to more than their person. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe that's, bad. but I also think that's kind of like the alchemy of like meeting someone where you have that initial attraction and what's so, and, and or you might not have a full blown initial that's attraction. True. And then there's this like, nuanced layered experience of like them becoming more attractive you getting more deep and trusting each other and that becomes sexier like it's this very yeah nuanced thing john gray talks about that men are from mars women are from venus Mm. he talks about like the person that you actually should be with shouldn't be the person that you meet and turns you on yeah it should be the person that like stimulates your mind and like you find intriguing and interesting but not the person you're like damn they're so hot i want to be physical with them Because that's usually like not the person that's going to be your partner. Yeah. No, it's so true. I mean, that's like your 20s. That's your 20s. That's what's been interesting about dating now is like I'm realizing how much chemistry has been the driver of my relationships and how much chemistry has made me overlook red flags Mm. in my life where I'm like I make up things where I'm like because our connection 
and then I'm like overlooking the fact that like they didn't ask me a single question. Yeah, totally. you know? and I'm like, oh my God, I said something like about that was something important about me. And then they like didn't even pick uh-huh. up the bait. Uh-huh. But you, because you have the chemistry, you're like, but our chemistry. Totally. But I think you can kind of like, it's like a little nourishment from these moments, right? It's totally. like, okay, the attention feels good. And that's not a bad thing. Or the conversation feels fun, but yes. there's not a lot of depth. Yes. Like, it's like, you can kind of just... Feel like this is what it is for what it is. Yes. You know what I mean? But that's yeah. what I've had to do. I mean, I remember if I didn't feel the fucking hot fire flames, fireworks going off, I'd be like, absolutely not. Literally. What? No, that that's not how it works. Someone talks about this and I don't know who it is and I can't articulate it like they did, but it's like a trauma bond when you're or something like that. Yes. When you are attracted for the hot fire flames, fireworks. It's satisfying that part of you that... John Gray and Esther Perel talk about that. Yeah, yeah. where it's really not... It's like that hit. Yes. You know, it's that like... It's that energetic hit that you crave. And then when you say you are in relationship with someone that like you had that hot fire flames with and then real life happens around you and within your relationship and you're like, oh, like the ebb and flow of that feels wrong feels bad feels like they're not my person and it's like no this is completely normal yes you know and also there needs to be intimacy grown outside of having sex yes you know what I mean yeah it's like they say that the person should be like peace should feel like peace but I feel like that when you see the someone with the sparks or something it's like karmic yes so there's like okay there's a karmic thing here there's like there's a twin flame thing there's like a lesson here yeah but when you're especially when you're someone I'm so sensitive like I'm such an empath that like I'll be in the field of someone and if there is that chemistry I'm also in their field so sometimes I'm like oh I'm so attracted and I'm also I'm just influenced by them being attracted to me And it's like, I love the feeling of being desired that I'm like in that energy and I don't even know if I'm interested. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when you're bought, I just, it's crazy. When you realize or remember that like, oh, I also can make this decision whether to like be interested and or date this person or not. Because I feel like women so often are like, what do they think? I hope they like me. When it's like, what do I feel? How do I, do I like this person? A hundred percent. They'd be lucky to be with me. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you even uh, mean? Yeah. Like, I think what I've also realized too in dating is that the banter, I mean, your girl should write a book on banter. But I mean, always. what I've realized is that I will banter so much that that's not my full personality, yeah. but I'll lean on it so much because it's fun. But then I could see myself, and I think I've done this before, where it's like, then you're like actually in the relationship and you need to like be deep or you need to be more that soft self, yep. more that like another, my Pisces self. And then it's like, oh, they can't hold it. Yeah. Cause you've just been joking for yes. your whole life. Yes. And you're like, haven't been serious. That's why it's so important early on in a relationship to cry. To fucking ball. To, to tell them about a traumatic experience in your life. Just but like, because we all have different aspects of ourselves, yes. right? So to allow that to be experienced by the yes. other is super important, regardless of how they respond, how they hold it. It's going to give you a lot of information yes. early on, but it's also important so that like they're able to make the best decision moving forward. And so are you. Yes. Because if you're only one aspect of yourself or leaning so hard on like the banter to your point, like when those other aspects of you come around, 
they might be like wait a hundred percent what yeah it might be too much you might be like yeah and it's also like that's how dudes connect yeah so men are so used to connecting with other men through banter and it's kind of playing on that a little bit like i love it like i love to laugh i love to make jokes but yeah i've also been curious about that too i'm like am i doing something that's like again in the cool girl archetype where i'm like oh i can roll but denying other aspects of me that are more soft and feminine Mm -hmm. and like loving and tender and is it a protective mechanism too yeah you know what i mean i think you're doing a good job yeah i I think it depends on the person for sure you know for sure but yeah i mean it's honestly the craziest growth i'm so (laughs) grateful (laughs) i know i'm like every situation i'm like whoa Mm -hmm. whoa this is i've learned a lot if you approach dating or really see dating as like a way to know yourself better oh my god it's actually really fun Honestly, and this is what I'm and saying. a lot. I only fun. am looking for a series of positive experiences. Yes. That's all I want. That's the thing, too, is men are obsessed when you're not, like, wanting something and wanting, you know, and it's cool if you are, like, for sure. Like, if you're clear on what you want, that should be your MO and that should be your truth. In my experience in this moment, I don't know wanting from anybody. So it's just like, yeah, I, I desire a series of positive experiences, yeah. nothing more than that. And so it is. And all the avoidant men are like, yes, this is my queen. She wants nothing from me. All the avoidant men are like, come here, baby. Dude. And I'm like, I know you. I know how to knock at your door every fucking day and never get anything back. I was watching really quick before we go into the episode, I was watching Escaping Twin Flames on Netflix. Oh my gosh. So it's like a new thing on Netflix. And just in that love is blind conversation, it's like, I forget, we're so in the self-help space. We're so in like the spirituality yes. space in a way where we're seeing a lot of different people's content, their programs, their courses, their yes. this or that. I forget that like there are people out there that can get so, and I say this word and it's probably a little cruel, but like hoodwinked, like by yeah. people like this. So basically high level, this couple created like a twin flames course slash membership that you're a part of it basically turned into like a cult type thing and obviously the price of it was eight 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 thousand yes. what but like you know everyone oh i know angel numbers honey angel what do you mean angel numbers but they like the angels are like bump it up <laughs> make it four figs <laughs> but it was just they would prey on people who wanted to find their twin flame soulmate and they claim to be able to identify your twin flame soulmate. They would coach you one-on-one on how to like get them and obtain them. And basically they would coach them in a way that these people would almost like err on the side of like stalking them. Like some people had like restraining orders against them, but their whole thing was like, but they're your twin flame, like hell or high water. Like doesn't matter if they have a wife, kids, it doesn't matter. Like they this is your twin flame union so it's just so i think it speaks to like people's just desire to like be in that relationship where they feel so connected so loved i think there's that but then there's also just this distortion around relationship where it's one feeling like you only have one twin flame and like that that sense of like urgency and zeroed in focus is so fucking wild and unhealthy but this whole couple i mean they're so creepy and i just forget like people are praying on to watch oh honey what do you mean this but like i forget thing. that people exist like that you know oh, and especially in these much. in these spaces that should be for good you know 
it's really where the brightest light is the darkest yeah. dark is you yeah. know but yeah man go on about I that know. i know okay let's tune into this freaking episode with our girl jill winterstein <laughs> of spirit daughter she's the homie i'm so grateful for her i love dropping in with her we're one of her pods of choice yeah she's our girl gets asked to go on a lot of pods and doesn't and she came over and we got to hang for a lot of time before a lot of time after She's a mom. She is the creator of Spirit Daughter. She has courses and programs. She is an astrology expert and guru. She's also supporting people in their spiritual path and journey through her workbooks and through the new things that she's doing at spiritdaughter.com. And in this episode, we talked a lot about a review of 2023. So kind of looking at 2023 now, retrospectively, from an astrological lens and perspective, kind of looking at what's happening in the world and the dates that were really important. We look at 2024, some of the interesting things that are happening in 2024 from an astrology perspective. And then we talked about astrology and relationships. So this is great that we were talking about dating before. We talked about specific things to look for in their chart or your chart mm. to see who you should call in or to see what kind of match you have. And the aspects of the chart weren't really ones that I've ever looked at before. It was kind of looking at your Venus, looking at other things that were super interesting. So I thought it was a really good and new perspective on dating and astrology that I haven't really talked about. Remind me Jill's sign. Our girl is she a Leo. Leo. Our yeah, girl's a Leo. Leo. All of her like family are Leos. Really? Yeah, they're all like, yeah, she's like big Leo vibes. I adore her. I know, I, I love just, her. Th there's like a relaxed nature to her I that I just really appreciate. Yeah. With someone as like big as she is. Yeah. I don't know. Just, she's, I just love her. She's such a hard worker, dude. I, people like that, I'm like, what's up? Mm -hmm. with your output it's crazy what's up with you being focused on one thing <laughs> and working hard at it literally i'm like what's up with the clarity of your uh -huh, niche uh -huh. like preach okay so share this episode with friends especially your ones that love astrology this is such a good one thank you jill we love you so much it's spirit daughter on instagram spiritdaughter.com you can find everything from her there and if you want to listen to more of her on almost 30 you can search spirit daughter almost 30 we have tons of other astrology episodes on super deep astrology things, super light astrology things. Mm -hmm. So you can search astrology almost 30 and you can also find it almost30.com, almost 30 podcast on TikTok and Instagram. And then Morning Microdose mm -hmm. is our second show that comes out five days a week. That is like the TikTok of almost 30. It's like inspiring quotes, moments from the show that you can dig into to start your day. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Go to almost30.com. We have a membership that we would love for you to check out. And if you want to dive into topics like astrology, like human design and other modalities, we have intimate workshops in the membership. All right. We'll see you on the other side. We'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye. Bye. I am juggling quite a bit lately. <laughs> I have a new baby, um, six months in, and uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health routine is on point, then everything runs smoothly. And one huge piece of that routine is my supplementation. And Symbiotica has just always been a constant in my routine. Uh, if you haven't heard of Symbiotica, they're a health and wellness company that does everything with intention. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like I know them. <laughs> Shervine has been on the podcast many times. I just have seen how 
passionate, how incredibly intelligent, how dedicated he is to creating products uh, that are clean, plant-based, without toxic or harmful chemicals, which we need more of that in the world. Um, So let me just run you through what I'm taking. Um, I take the vitamin D3 K2. It's the liposomal form. I just squirt 12 little pumps in my mouth every single morning. I also take their B12. Um, I'm also obsessed with the liposomal vitamin C. I have these little packets, whether it's winter or whatever season, it's obviously great for immunity, but it also um, is amazing because it has biotin, one of nature's most beautifying ingredients. Uh, So I've seen an improvement in my skin, hair, and nail growth as well. I do have mom brain, um, but I'm doing my best to just support my brain health in any way. So for brain health, focus and memory, I really love taking their liposomal magnesium L3 innate. Um, it's an innovative form of magnesium that is able to cross the blood brain barrier. It supports brain health, mood, immune system function, and overall well-being. It's incredible and tastes amazing. It's like this yummy vanilla cream flavor. That's the thing with uh, Symbiotica products. They taste unbelievable. So it really makes taking all of these supplements so easy, so yummy. And I actually look forward to it. So if you want to give Symbiotica a try, there is no better time right now is the time. Symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Use our code almost 30, 20% off site-wide. So major. And then when you bundle and subscribe, which I highly recommend because you never want to run out of anything, uh, you're going to get an extra discount. So just do it up. Symbiotica.com and use the code almost 30 for 20% off site-wide. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Oh, therapy, y'all. I don't know. I just, I don't know what I did before therapy, to be completely honest with you. I think I was kind of a mess, but you know, found it when I was meant to, but I have been going to therapy for about six years now, which is so crazy. So crazy, but it has changed my life and I will continue to invest in therapy for as long as I can. I feel like it has totally, totally made my relationships better made my career better. I am a better mom. I am a better wife. I'm a better friend. I'm a better daughter and sister. Y'all, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do, this is it. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you get matched and you're like, eh, not quite a fit, they make it easy and it's free to change. But I've had a lot of friends try BetterHelp and love it. So I really, really encourage you to start therapy. It's been the best decision I've ever made for myself. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash almost 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash almost 30. I'm so grateful you're here. Podcast of choice. <laughs> our girl. She's my neighbor. <laughs> You've been such a good friend to the pod. And we always like to have you on in general. And you have so many exciting things going on. But I was thinking about during our conversation today, talking a little bit about 2023, a little about 2024, talking about purpose and just some other exciting things. But something that I was talking about with Renee, our producer here, was just like thinking about the year of 2023 in review. And mm-hmm. I was on a membership call and in our conversation, we were thinking about how fast this year has gone, mm-hmm. but yet how many big transformational things happened how many retrogrades there were, how many just wild things that were happening internally with relationships, 
with mm-hmm. endings and it just felt like mm-hmm. a huge year of internal shifts and internal transformation mm-hmm. for me personally. Mm-hmm. And so as you, you know, from your lens of spirituality and astrology, look back at 2023, what would you say some of the themes were that came up for people that they can use as a guide for their review of the year when they kind of take a second to pause and digest everything? Yeah, I think from an astrological perspective, it was a year of closure. There's a lot of things ending, cycles ending. We have a major shift with Pluto that we we got a glimpse of. Pluto's been in Capricorn for many, many years, you know, over two decades, and shifted into Aquarius for two months in the spring, and then shifted back to Capricorn, and will shift back to Aquarius in January, January 20th. And where Pluto will be for the next 20 years. So we're starting this like next cycle of Pluto. And Pluto is the planet of transformation. So there's a lot coming up with that, just with the the closure of that cycle in Capricorn, where there was all these changes in our systems and dismantling different even governing bodies and just changes in the collective and the collective structure and just a lot of things we've seen shift, especially in in governing bodies and in structures that control the people in many ways. And so in Aquarius, we'll have a huge shift there. Just talking a little bit about 2024 as well. Pluto in Aquarius really brings like power to the people. It's collective transformation. I think we'll also see a lot of more healing. Pluto is very can provide a lot of healing especially of trauma. I think that the collective has been traumatized for the past couple of years with the pandemic. And this was really our first year where we're climbing out of that trauma. And so there was like a very reflective quality to this year. And I think it did move very quickly because everything is like back in full motion again, where we're all doing the things that we were doing in 2019 but we're different. We're different people. We've been activated. Wounds have been activated. Perceptions have changed. The world's not the same as it is anymore. The illusion of control has been completely dismantled within all of us. There's this like fear that people lived with and dealt with. And people are people have changed. People are different. And this year really provided the platform for people to be like, okay, who am I now? And what needs to shift? And what needs to change? What am I releasing? What no longer serves me? And so it has been quite a year of closure. We're closing down that Pluto cycle, but we're also, we had a major shift in the lunar nodes. Lunar Mm. nodes shifted in July. We went from Scorpio and, and Taurus to Aries Libra. And so we now have the North node is in Aries, South node is in Libra. And, you know, that those are the places of our eclipses. And, you know, they really changed the landscape. With the lunar eclipse that happened in Taurus, that was our third lunar eclipse in Taurus. And because it started early, that cycle. And that was like a huge closing point for the collective. And so, you know, over this fall with the eclipses that took place in the fall, there's these points of closure where we're shifting. And Taurus and Scorpio, that axis is a very healing, transformative axis as well. I mean, Pluto rules Scorpio, Venus rules Taurus. 
you know, we were, we were dealing with a lot of healing and collective healing and revelations. Scorpio in particular, the Scorpio eclipses that occurred, the lunar eclipses that occurred in the spring and the solar eclipses that occurred in the fall, you know, really revealed a lot to yeah. us, revealed what needed to be transformed. And then we had, you know, our first set, we had the Aries solar eclipse was the first that kicked it off in the sp this spring. And so we had our first preview and then the node shifted in July. And then we had our Libra solar eclipse in the fall. And so, you know, we're seeing this shift in the nodes and that really affects us. Like where the eclipses are really affects the collective. And so now we're, we're out of this healing and we're into what I look at when I see like the Libra Aries axis, it's very much like, okay, I'm done people pleasing. What do I need? Where do I need to prioritize myself? So these eclipses are bringing all of that up and saying, okay, like, where do I need to place my focus? Where am I swallowing my truth? Where do I need to speak up? And so that shift is going to bring up a bunch of closure because anytime you start looking at like, okay, how am I people pleasing? Why am I saying yes to this? Like, why, what is this pattern within me where I want everybody to like me? And so we're all collectively going through this. So you're either a people pleaser or you're somebody who attracts people pleasers, yeah, right? Totally. So you're going to be at one side of that coin. And so, you know, if all the people pleasers in the world stop people pleasing, then, you know, everybody's like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> Everyone's like, how are we functioning? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we've had this like shift into into, you know, Libra and, and Aries. And, you know, that's what we're really working with with the lunar nodes now. What are lunar nodes? The lunar nodes are where the moon's orbit meets the sun's path in the sky. So they're energetic vortexes in the sky. And they're the places where eclipses occur. Okay. So when the sun and moon are within 17 degrees of a lunar node, we have an eclipse. And so that's why we have like eclipse seasons our last eclipse season started October 1st of this past year, and it goes for 34 days. And during an eclipse season, the sun and moon are within 17 degrees of the nodes. And so an eclipse could happen. And so we normally will see a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse during an eclipse season. And so we have two eclipse seasons a year. Why are they powerful? Why are eclipses powerful? They're basically supercharged new moons and supercharged full moons. So a lunar eclipse always occurs on a full moon. And because of its proximity to a lunar node, it's like supercharged. So you have all the energies of a full moon amplified. Same thing with a solar eclipse. Solar eclipses always happen on new moons. You have all of the energies of a new moon just amplified. And what they do is they activate our personal lunar nodes. So we all have personal lunar nodes in our chart. So when you were born, the South Node and the North Node were at a certain position in your chart. And that is your karmic path. You came into this world understanding all of the energies of your South Node. And often I say, and other astrologers, I've heard this before, your South Node most likely was your sun placement in your last life, in your previous mm. life, or a major placement. So you came into this world like understanding those energies of your South Node. Mine's Virgo. But really being attached to like the lower vibrations, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So like South Node Virgo, you'd be attached to like 
perfectionism, like self My rising too. Self-worth issues, mm-hmm. you know, things of that nature. Read me for Phil. <laughs> <laughs> what else? <laughs> so your journey would be to go to Pisces. Which is which my is son. Where, which is your north node mm-hmm. and really embrace and understand the, those qualities mm-hmm. and those higher vibrations, which is understanding the flow of your life, which is accepting that there is no perfection and, you know, <laughs> every, and everything is perfect, right? Mm-hmm. There's no perfection and everything is perfect. You're one with the universe, which the universe is imperfect, right? And imperfection itself is beautiful. That's why we exist as humans, right? Because of imperfection. Like we as a society have this negative thought, negative mm-hmm. perception of imperfection, but we wouldn't be here, right? If genes hadn't imperfectly replicated and created us. So, you know, there's beauty and imperfection and magic, and Pisces will teach you that. (laughs) And so people can look at their south node to find karmic lessons to understand in this lifetime, and then the north node would be like the exalted version of them. Yeah, so the south node in a way is like the issues, the attachments you come in here. And and so this is like when talking about like what are you going to use as a distraction, what is going to take you off course? What are you going to be attached to? What's going to bring you into lower vibration? You look to your south node and there'll be answers there and the lower vibrations like, okay, those are the things you need to detach from to really fulfill your purpose in some ways, but also just walk your karmic path. And your north node is the answer. The north node is always the antidote to the south node. So it's like, okay, how do I I don't want to say cure, but how do I detach from these energies of the South Node? You look to your North Node, and there you will find the answers. And so embracing them. And then on the eclipse, the eclipses, because they happen at the current placements of the lunar nodes, they provide these portals for you to make leaps from your South Node to your North Node. So it really is this opportunity to fly through your karmic path and to really sever ties for good you know there's like those things that you've like released and you've done this and you tried that to like let go of and eclipse is the time you can just like cut that cord for good and you can completely shift that energy so they're very very powerful wow okay so and just for 2023 so the theme would probably for folks to think about is like closure is closure we also had you know that really potent Venus retrograde in Leo, yes. which just like was a total bummer. Because relationships the whole were summer. like, yeah, yeah. How did that affect relationships and like what? How did that affect the summer? But, I mean, I think that Venus retrograde in Leo is so much about the heart, and so it really amplified the heart's messages, including the heart's pain where the heart needed to heal. And so I, there's a big emphasis on speaking the truth of your heart. And so in some relationships, that's gold, right? And I'm sure certain relationships were elevated this summer where, you know, both parties could really talk about it and could understand their heart. But certain relationships may not have been able to withstand that kind of truth coming out and the depths the heart can bring and the messages. And so it really was a time to listen to the heart, to go within, to understand your pain, to understand your trauma. And to see why you've attracted certain things, including partners, into your life. And a lot of times when we have heartache, when we have pain, when we have trauma in our heart, we attract people from that place of pain. And then when we do the work to heal that pain, to heal that trauma, it changes the dynamic of the relationship. 
And so then it's up to us to either ask the relationship to elevate and see if we can shift and change it or detach from it completely. Those are the choices we have when deep healing of the heart. And this was a time of deep healing. Venus retrograde in Leo provided a very deep healing. And again, talking about an eight, you know, this is an eight year cycle. So the last time Venus's retrograde in Leo was in 2015. And so if anything happened in 2015, especially around the heart, it was dredged up and brought to the surface over this retrograde for reflection, for reprocessing, for closure. It was an, you know, an eight year cycle coming to a close. Wow. And there was a lot of, in 2023, what was that situation where there's a lot of retrogrades at once, like Mercury retrograde, Venus retrograde? Yeah, we always tend to have that. And there's like the summer of retrogrades. Yeah. Everything like kicks off and yeah. starts. And we had we were amplified because we had Venus and Mercury in retrograde. And then like Uranus went retrograde, Saturn was retrograde, Neptune was retrograde. And normally what happens is we have um, a couple months at the beginning of the year. Like this year, it'll be from January 26th to April 1st, where we have no retrogrades. So we always have like two to three months at the beginning of the year where there's no retrogrades, all planets are moving forward. And this is like the time of action. This is the time to get things done. I always say like a word of caution to people, like never say yes to too many things during this time. And think about like in six months when everything's in retrograde, are those yeses going to stand? Are they going to stick? Are you going to be okay with your commitments? Or are you over committing yourself? Because this forward motion makes us all be like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> You're like, huh, more. <laughs> and so we want to be selective with our yeses during during that period. And then, you know, once April comes in. 2024. 2024. Mm -hmm. And all years, really, mm -hmm. we start getting our retrogrades. So 2024, first retrograde will be April 1st. And with Mercury. And then Pluto will come in. And in 2023, it was kind of the same deal. In April, all the retrogrades start. Pluto's usually the first. Mercury will peak in and out there. And then, you know, Saturn will go. Neptune will go. And then by the time we get to the middle of the summer, everybody's like, everything's retrograde. <laughs> and you're like, it happens every year. <laughs> Jupiter was a little late to the to the scene. Jupiter has been like edging the, his retrograde a little further and further down down the timeline. Jupiter just station retrograde. So, but yeah, in September when when we're recording this, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's happening. And in in 2023, how would you say the astrology affected relationships? Because I felt like. For me, I saw a lot of shifts in relationships, and I think our audience did too. Yeah, well, like I said, it's going to be that, you know, the, the lunar node shift where we're done people-pleasing, and of course, that's going to show up in relationships. And so if there was an imbalance in a relationship, there's it's just a spark right now, but this is going to work out over the next year because we have 18 months or so to work with this energy. But, you know, that's a huge thing. Like the fact that the South Node is in Libra, it's like, hey, everybody, you need to look at your relationships. You need to look at your dynamics. Why are you swallowing your truth? Are you putting somebody else first? Why are you putting somebody else first? Are, how are you prioritizing yourself? And then on the flip side, are you over prioritizing yourself? Because relationships take compromise. You know, it's a, yeah. somebody is a give and take. And in a relationship, we really need to understand the higher vibrations, the lower vibrations of each person, how we can lift each other up, what are what is negotiable for us, what's a non-negotiable, where should we stand our ground, kind of like pick and choose your battles. 
And so there is like a ton of negotiating that happens in a relationship. And with the South and the Libra, we're going to really feel that. And because the North Node in Aries is like, self, self, self. What do I need? What? Scary. <laughs> but some people really need that. And they're yes. going to see that shift. And other people are going to go, oh, my gosh, like, where can I compromise? I want to yeah. be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what can I accept? Like, nothing's perfect. Talk about imperfections. There's no perfect relationship. And so the more work you do to accept the imperfections in yourself, you can accept them in other people. And so what imperfections can you accept in others? What are you okay with? Because it's never going to be perfect. No relationship is perfect. None of them. But are both parties willing to come to the table and do the work? So, you know, there's that theme and then the Venus retrograde theme for sure. That's a big, that's huge. Mm -hmm. That's huge for relationships. Yeah. So we're dealing with that in 2023, just like reflecting and reflecting a lot of both of those themes are about speaking your truth. So where have you not spoken your truth? Where do you need to speak your truth more? Where did you speak your truth and it broke the relationship? And now how do you feel about that? Because sometimes we make these changes, we speak our truth and we break the relationship. And then, you know, we're like, oh, my gosh, and then there's like a regret and how how can you embrace that? Because you, know, you never want to be in a relationship that's not working for you, that's lowering your vibration or stagnating you or any of those things. Keeping you from your growth. and Keep, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Keeping you from your growth. Yeah, it's like I always say when a relationship prevents you from being the person you want to be, you know, on a regular basis and yeah. consistently. Okay, I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app. Um superhuman. I have been doing these superhuman activations every single morning for the last three weeks. Let me just tell you, I kind of fell off of my game after I had the baby. Most of my time and energy was going to him. It still is, but I have been able to carve out time in the morning before I get into the swing with him. And I've been doing these activations. I do a lot of the shorter ones because I don't have a ton of time. But let me just say, this is new. Like, this is a new type of audio that um, are super energizing and really specifically designed to transform you into your future self. So I know a lot of us want to manifest things. I know a lot of us are thinking about planning for the future, um, but a lot of us feel stuck. And so I've just felt like this has unstuck me in just the most beautiful way. So I've been doing a lot of their pep talks. I've been doing some of their writing activations. Uh, this morning I did the three morning questions. It was a seven minute, really vibey writing activation that I love. So I had my journal out. Um, yesterday I did a pep talk, uh, about tackling procrastination. There's a part of me that procrastinates quite a bit. So I'm just, I love this. I love this. There's going to be an activation for you for this moment, for this day. Uh, it's incredibly supportive. So we actually interviewed Mimi Bouchard, the founder, not too long ago. Check out that interview. Uh, and we have a sample of one of the activations on our feed. So you can check that out as well. It's way easier to implement into your routine and far more effective than any other audio app out there. I've just noticed that I'm doing it much more consistently. So please don't miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts. On top of the 14-day free trial, get over 
for 60% off your subscription for a limited time only at activation.com slash almost 30. Literally, there is no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The offer is only available through their website, not on the app store. So that's activations.com slash almost 30 for 60% off. It expires soon. There was a situation where we had, we shifted into Aquarius from what was the shift that we had a taste of that's going to be, we're going to step Pluto. into in 2024. Yes. We're going to, per- we're, so we just had a, a few months of it. Pluto, Pluto dips out in the fall, but then, but it's kind of just a blip. But for the most part, Pluto will be stationed in Aquarius for the next 20 years. Okay. And that's happening in 2024. And that's happening in 2024. What will that bring for us? That bringing Pluto transformation. So we're, we should see a lot of transformation in technology. I think AI here, collective transformation, some collective healing, transformation in science, because Aquarius is the sign of progress. And so this is what Aquarius moves us forward. This is invention, visionary. It's kind of like, okay, what's going to happen to the collective that's going to really take us to the next level and transform us? And transform us so that for all people, right? So it's not just going to be like what's for the good for one person or one group of people. It's how can we transform for the good of everybody? Because that's Aquarius. You know, Aquarius is about everybody. Pluto and Capricorn is not about everybody. Is that what that was what we were before? Pluto yeah. and Capricorn. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Pluto also rules pandemics. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's death? Because it's death. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about. So how, because Pluto is the planet of death. So how do you think the death theme will impact the next 20 years? I don't think it's necessarily... The, Not even death from the bad way. I don't think... Yeah, yeah. Know. It's more like death, rebirth. It's That's why Pluto is the planet of transformation because it rules the whole cycle. So it rules death, rebirth, birth, death again, rebirth, mm-hmm. like everything. Mm-hmm. So it really helps us see... Uh, like the cycle of our lives against like Pluto can help you understand your past life and and can help you understand even your trauma in this life on the backdrop of all of your past lives and future lives. Pluto is like, hey, this is many, many cycles of your energy that's happening. So what happens to you now could be connected to so many years in the past and future. And so Pluto and Aquarius is I mean, I think it'll be somewhat of a healing time. I think this is when we're going to really feel not only the effects of the pandemic and what it's done to the collective, but like how the collective is now transforming because of the pandemic and the technology that we're going to be creating and the things that we're going to be using. And and then also the healing. I think there will be healing. And so, you know, I think there will be a bit of a, a death to like the old ways of how we used to do things. And the way that we were governed and the systems that we had in place, I think there's going to be, there could be some revolution happening as well, where it's like, you know, it literally translates to like power to the people. Mm-hmm. Pluto's also very, it's power, you know? Yeah, the pandemic from, uh, it's interesting because I've been thinking about this recently where I'm like, we need to have like a collective postmortem. Yeah about the pandemic. You know, the pandemic was something that divided a lot of people. Right. And so it was like a group of people all together, some friends, some non-friends, some in my community, some in my world, some that I don't really know. And it was just interesting because I'm like, oh, in the pandemic, this group probably wouldn't have been together because Mm -hmm. people would be divided Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. feeling one type of way and feeling another Mm -hmm. type of way. And I was like, oh, but it's interesting because 
we're not talking about that. And it's not like I want to be like, hey, you, you, you know, it's not like I want to bring that up, but it's just, I think there's so much collective healing. There's so much collective conversation from a governmental perspective. There's such a better way of doing things from Mm -hmm. a health perspective. I think Mm -hmm. we've learned a lot and it's like such a missed opportunity to not have more engagement and dialogue about this situation. Yes. Yeah. And Pluto and Aquarius will give us the opportunity to do that if we take it. I mean, these are all just opportunities. But that's what I see is like Pluto and Aquarius gives us an opportunity to talk about all of those things, technology, healthcare, science, like how we're moving forward and also a healing of the collective because there there has been a great division and there needs to be healing. And then I also think on a personal level, like core wounds have been really activated and there needs to be personal healing as well, or it's just like people, all everything got brought up and I don't think I don't think people have recovered. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, most of the people I know, are, are they're still struggling with aftermath. And there's no businesses. It's like we need a collective Relationships, support 100%. <laughs> I mean, think about it. It's like, think about it. Just insane. Like, there was death. There was relationships that people lost. There was jobs people lost. There was money people mm-hmm. lost. There was like... A lot of loss. A lot of awakening, too. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. really awakening to injustice to certain types of systems to certain types of ways of being and I think it yeah it was insane I just remember too even the feeling that I had of being so addicted to my phone right in such a wild way because everything (laughs) was happening on the phone right and it was like every day was something else every day was something new every day was like just it was just that sort of scenario where my body was just in this like fight or flight state. Because yeah, we were all dysregulated. So dysregulated. Yeah, and we had this like fear hanging over yeah. us. We didn't know what was going on. I mean, people were like washing their groceries. You yeah, know? like it was just like not touching your boxes. Yes, over by Amazon. <laughs> I remember it was wild. Got water <laughs> bottles. There was like so much. I remember texting my friends one day. It was like five of us on a thread. I was like, "You guys, power's gonna be out." I was like, it's going to be, be ready. Power's going to be out for five days. Like, we're not going to have internet. Because there was, it was just, you heard insane things. So you're like, okay. Right, right. Because this was something that never had happened before in our life. So right at that point, I'm like, oh, then other insane things are going to happen. You know, you just kind of open the door of of insanity. But yeah, it's interesting because I think 2023 for people, I think felt, yeah, it was kind of like, a true recognition of everything we had gone through and almost like a relaxing, mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. like, okay, mm-hmm. we can finally feel a little back to normal. Yeah. And finally feel a little bit more peace. And from an astrological perspective for 2024, you know, a lot of times what I've heard in the spirituality space is that 2020 to 2024 is a wild and crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of change. Mm-hmm. What would you say a theme that we can expect would be? I mean, I think there will be healing. I think the self, like prioritizing the self, self-care will be a big theme, especially with the Aries solar eclipse. It's going to be about like, okay, this is my priority right now. This is how I'm going to put myself first. This is how I'm going to align with my purpose. I think that, you know, it is going to be one of those times where people are like, okay, like I'm getting it together. Like, yeah. I'm, get, I'm getting everything together, all of those insights that I had. Because that's the other thing about the pandemic. People spent a lot of time alone and they did a lot of work on themselves. Yeah, they did. And I feel like 2024 is that year where they're like, okay, all those insights, all that work, I have a plan. I feel my purpose. I feel aligned. I feel motivated. I don't, I'm not taken away by fear anymore. I'm not distracted. 
I'm going to show up for the collective and I'm going to align with my purpose and I'm going to be who I'm meant to be in this world. Mm. I think it's going to be your people get their shit together. I'm ready. <laughs> what is that time frame of that of that Aries thing? Should I mark it on my calendar? <laughs> or just the whole year? I think the whole year. Yeah. I mean, I think the whole year is going to be that. And I think it really is going to be about the self. And But I think with this, with the Pluto and Aquarius, it is that, okay, I'm going to do what's good for me, knowing that when I do what's good for me, it's good for the collective. Because look, if we all align with our purpose in this life and we all align with our soul and our karmic path, like... That's great for everybody. That's great for the collective. So I think there's going to be a real integration of understanding that and understanding like, no, you need to put yourself first. Like you need to prioritize you and those little hits of inspiration you had during the pandemic or post pandemic, those insights you had, those little like, oh, I feel I feel called to this. But like, I have no idea how I'm actually going to pull it off. I think all that's going to like come together and people are going to be motivated. They're going to be motivated to step into their power and align with their soul's path. Yeah, that's my deep hope. Yeah. Yeah, it's for themselves and for the collective. Yes. You and show it's, up like it is that, interesting because when you think about it, you're like, oh, it's focused on the self. You know, I think mm -hmm. as like a cultural and societal programming, immediately I'm like, oh my God. You know, you think self, you're like selfish, mm -hmm. like how could people be more focused on themselves? But really, even when we're codependent or even when we're overgiving a lot of times or even when we're doing a lot of the things, it's actually focused on the self mm -hmm. because you're in fear, mm -hmm. because you're in lack, mm -hmm. because you're looking mm -hmm. for safety, because mm -hmm. you're looking for validation, because you're mm -hmm. looking for security. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the things that we do in pursuit or belief that therefore other people can oftentimes be self-motivated. Mm -hmm. And it's really beautiful to think about like people actually being focused on their own like self-love, their own self-care, their own self-awareness. And I think for me in the past year, it's been, yeah, a year of the self in the sense that I am in more service to others mm -hmm. in a true, authentic way to give from a cup that's overfloweth mm -hmm. than previously when it was like I was doing it for my own validation or my own whatever right right yeah 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 that's the thing it's like when we put our soul's purpose first we fulfill ourselves and then we also contribute to the greater collective mm -hmm. and everybody wins yeah right and that's how we like raise the vibration of the planet yeah that's how you really do it and that does mean like and that does mean doing work on yourself and that does mean figuring out like what is distracting you and what is taking you off track and figuring out how you focus and all of that. You have to really learn about yourself. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest aspects of success is finding out what you're good at, kind mm -hmm. of leaning on that, like doubling down on that, mm -hmm. really going with the things that almost you overlook as your gifts. Mm -hmm. For me, being someone that is curious, is always interested in other people's stories is like a great listener a great conversationalist like I never saw that as like a gift or a talent because I just lived in it right I was it but then right. it's like the thing that I would overlook and kind of overcompensate in other areas mm -hmm. of my life and so leaning in on just the natural gifts that people have I think is powerful and then the eclipse that we're talking about is happening in the beginning of 2024 that's like the one of the biggest things in the beginning of the year April 8th so you know couple months in yeah that will be a total solar eclipse but you will be able to see it in north america it'll be like in 2017 when everybody i was in new mexico at the time i remember yeah i like ran to idaho really yeah we were like outside in new mexico in the desert me and my friend so and it was like it was cool yeah it's really cool 
Yeah, it should be pretty amazing. It will span, you'll be able to see it in parts of Texas, like Austin will be a great place to view it. It'll span up through Arkansas, Indiana, parts of Ohio, like I think like Cleveland, Buffalo. So it'll go, you know, top of New York, Maine, like Newfoundland, you know, it'll create an arc. And that's when the sun, the moon completely covers the sun. What's happening? Solar eclipse will happen on the new moon. Okay. So the sun and moon will be at the same degree of Aries and the moon will be in between the earth and the sun. So okay. it blacks out. It For how long? This. I don't know how long this one is. I'd have to look. I know it happens around 11 a.m. Pacific time. I'll have all the dates mm-hmm. in the Aries workbook and mm-hmm. all the times and all that. And what can all people, that fun stuff. What can people do to maximize? <laughs> they'll obviously get the workbook, but what else can they do to maximize that, the energy of that eclipse? Well, it is a new moon, so we're writing intentions. We're figuring out what we're releasing, meditating while it's in totality, you know, like holding some kind of circle. I'm thinking about doing something on a larger scale. I have to really figure that out, but that's on my to-do list is I'd love to do like a sort of massive new moon circle, Fine. solar eclipse circle. Let me that. know if you want to help. Yeah. I love it would have to be i was thinking like austin because we will be able to see in la but like at 50 percent or something so you want to you want to look and i'll be giving like tons of info on where to find it you need, you need your little glasses <laughs> your little eclipse glasses that's <laughs> your next business it. venture that's my next business literally eclipse, eclipse glasses Spirit daughter eclipse glasses yeah that's but it'll be really impactful because you know anytime we can these eclipses happen through every year but when we can see them it's like the collective it's just like and you know of course we've had other eclipses that have been able to be seen around the world but this one's a total solar eclipse so it'll be completely blacked out it's like what is going on it is nighttime during the day Mm -hmm. so yeah it should be pretty eventful and it is in aries so we are talking about purpose soul's path here it's gonna be that kickoff to, okay, like, what is your soul's purpose? What is your path? How are we going to put that first? What are your intentions? New beginnings. You're going to be, you know, just a couple weeks out from the equinox, the spring equinox. Okay, what are we doing here? So. Wow. Yeah. So when we think about purpose, this was something we were chatting about before and Mm -hmm. something you said piqued my interest. And I think so much of our community, you know, if next year is about us really stepping into our purpose, serving ourselves to serve the world, you mentioned that there's aspects of the natal chart that we can look at to help with people's Mm -hmm. purpose. Mm -hmm. And I know so many people that are listening have access to their chart and are already, you know, pretty savvy, but I'd love to know, like, what aspects of the chart can we look to for understanding our soul's purpose? Yeah, well, we already talked about the nodes, so you want to look at your nodes Perfect. for sure, okay. your lunar nodes. That just kind of like shows you like what you need to detach from, what you need to embrace. Uh, you're obviously going to look at your sun sign. Your sun sign is going to give you your core essence. Like these are the energies you came into the world that really hold you together. Also, your sun sign in a lot of ways is like your mission in life. You're here to really unravel and figure those energies out and understand them. Like we don't always just come into this world knowing our sun sign is kind of like a prescription. Like, okay, this is in this lifetime, like you are working with these core energies and you need to because they hold you together. They are your sun, right? They're everything. 
So we're looking at that. I always look at people's Saturn when I'm looking at a chart for purpose because Saturn responsibilities, commitment. So where your Saturn is placed. The house. And the, the house and then also the sign. But where the house, your houses are areas of your life. So that's going to tell you, okay, where are my commitments showing up? What am I most likely to commit to? Like my Saturn's in my 11th house. So like obviously I'm committing to community and the collective. Wow. Right. Because 11th house is community, right? It's ruled by Aquarius normally. So you're looking at where your Saturn is, that house. Mine's in the fourth. Your fourth. Oh, wow. So that's like home. Capricorn in the fourth. Capricorn fourth. Dude, you do this every time. What do you? What is it? Well, no, I just think it's interesting that Capricorn rules your fourth house. Capricorn is, you know, is very much like work focused, mm-hmm. career focused. But the fourth house is like the buried house, right? That's the lowest house. In where? What's your rising? Your rising is Virgo. Your rising is Virgo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're like buried there. And so you're like, it's interesting that you are a personality because normally, like if your Capricorn Mm -hmm. is in your fourth house, like you're going to work, but behind the scenes. Oh, interesting. So you must have something. What's in your 10th house? 10th house is another place to look because your 10th house is your career. And then the, your MC is right there on the 10th house cusp. That's what a lot of people usually look at for like your career and, Mm -hmm. and your purpose. People intermingle career and purpose. I don't always do that. Right. Because- Sometimes our purpose has nothing to do with our career and vice versa. So let's see what you got going on here. <laughs> Guys, this is why this is why I do this. This is why you have me here. Yes, right? exactly. For, for literally. Let me see if you have any aspects here. So to find purpose, look at the Saturn, look at your north mm-hmm. node, look oh, at your Gemini. Node, okay. Sun. Yeah, you got Gemini. Midhaven and Gemini. Mm-hmm. Is that the yep. personality part? Uh yeah. Well, Gemini is communication. So talking. Not just talking, but communicating. Exchanging energy, emitting energy, perceptions, changing perceptions. So, you know, you have a career, which I like to think of like 10th house more like your life's work, right? I think that's sort of a better framework to go by. Mm -hmm. So rather than saying like career or even purpose, like your life's work. So your life's work is to communicate. It's my gift. (laughs) And so the the Midhaven people can look as well for purpose. Yes, yes. Cool. So you you look up there, tenth house cusp and tenth house, tenth house rules your career, your life's work. Okay, so that's a big place. And then you want to look at whatever sign is governing that tenth house that's on the tenth house cusp, which for you is Gemini. Got it. Yeah, yeah. that's the only Gemini I have in my chart. Mm-hmm. It's the only air I think I have in my chart, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Well, you have everything in your chart. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have Libra somewhere and that's mm-hmm. going to be contacting a house. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have Aquarius somewhere and that's Mercury. contacting a house. Yeah. For my communication. Your Mercury's in Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mercury in Aquarius would be communication, Aquarius, new ideas. So you're actually trying to change the collective landscape with your communication. Mm-hmm. Right. Which then feeds into your life's purpose mm-hmm. and work since that. Gemini is on your 10th house cusp. So you're looking at that. And then you're also looking at your Mars. I always say look at your Mars. Uh, for houses, you want to look at your 6th house and your 10th house, right? 10th house is career, 6th house, house of service. So you want to look at what signs contact those. And I like to look at both signs. 
I don't only look at the one that touches the cusp. So for you, your 10th house, you have Gemini right there on the cusp, and then you also have Taurus. And so Taurus is going to be a huge part too of your life's work. And that's, that's a lot of things. That's nature, connection with nature, connection with physical bodies, senses. It's also around abundance and resources and understanding what those mean, how those feed into your life's work. So I like to look at both. And then we'll also look at like the sixth house, which is where your services, your talents, your gifts are in the sixth house. So you really can learn a lot about even talents that like I always say, like when we're dealing with like imperfections and perfectionism, what talents are you hiding because of perfectionism? And you can look at the sixth house for that answer. Sixth house will often show you like, what are you hiding that could be of service to others? So when we're talking about stepping into our purpose, especially for the collective, the sixth house is a great place to look because that's where you're going to, where you could be of service. And so what signs are there and are there any planets there? So you always want to look at the signs, flavor the houses, direct them, they give them direction. And then the planets are your pieces of your personality. And so, you know, we're looking at that. We're looking at Saturn and then we're also looking at Mars, which I touched on for planets because Mars is your motivation. So that's, What's going to motivate you when you are feeling burnt out? Like what's going to get you back in, into the game? What's going to help you? What's going to motivate you? What's going to motivate you to start something new? What's going to motivate you to leave something? And that answer could be in your Mars. So you want to look at, okay, what, where is my Mars? Like what sign was governing Mars and where, which house is it placed in? Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mars, Saturn, North Node, South Node. Your sun. Yep. So Mars, Saturn, North Node, South Node, your sun, mm -hmm. obviously. And then the 10th house, house and the 6th house. 10th house, 6th house. Okay. Mm -hmm. Could people not have signs in those houses? Uh, no. They okay. will have signs. Okay. Yes. You will have all signs in all. You, you have all 12 signs and every house will be governed okay. by a sign. And then just on the, the separation between career and purpose. So yeah, I, I just want to kind of expand that up on that a little bit, because that's what I also believe. I'm sure that people listening also believe that, but I think it's hard to not get stuck in the trap of that, mm -hmm. especially too, if you're someone that is looking to find your purpose and you feel right. like, I want to find my purpose. I want to find what I'm doing in the world. I think the first step you make is towards finding a career. So I guess let's explore that a little bit. Like how could people support themselves in seeing the aspects of their astrology for their purpose outside of career mm -hmm. first? Yeah, let's answer that one first. Yeah, I mean, like I said, your career may not always be your purpose. And you may have a career that you need to have to pay the bills. Like we, we need money, right? We have to live. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you may have a career that works for certain aspects of your life, but may not feel like your purpose. And so ideally, yeah, what you do every day, it feeds into your purpose and makes you feel fulfilled, but you can do multiple things, right? And there, you don't have to just work and then go home and your day is done. So you wanna first recognize that you have time to, to find your purpose. And that you can do little things each day that like align with your purpose and help you figure it out, right? And so the first step is like you need to figure out what your purpose is. And so you can like make a list of what you're good at. Make a list of what you love. Make a list of things you loved as a child, right? What did you, when you were eight years old, what did you love to do? What did you lose yourself in? 
And that's another key is like when we look at like what what do I do that I forget time? I'm like what do I do that I forget to eat lunch? Right? That's probably a clue to your purpose. You can even do exercises like one in life where you're happiest. Like not even just what makes you happy, but like one where you, you're happiest. So there's like things you can do that help you give you clues. Like you're investigating your own mind and energy. What are you attracted to? What is your energy called to do? What fulfills you? And what gives you energy? Your purpose will give you energy. It's not going to drain you. 100%. Do you feel like there are some signs that have to be doing career work as their purpose and some signs that can get away with doing work that just pays the bills? I don't think it's a sign-specific thing. I think everybody wants to wants to find a purpose. I think everybody wants to find their purpose. I just think some people are better at compartmentalizing others. And so I was it, not. Yeah. I was unwell. And some people have more energy than others. So some people have the energy to go work eight hours a day and then they come home and they like paint because that's their purpose kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it just, you know, it depends on your personality really. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's sign specific. I think your sign, your sun sign is always going to kind of like show up in whatever you're doing. You know, even like Capricorns, like they'll, Capricorns will work, 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 work. And they might have the energy to go and like work, 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 work on another project. That's like maybe feels aligned with their purpose. Mm -hmm. But I think at the end of the day, everybody wants to find their purpose and they will find it. But sometimes our purpose isn't necessarily a career. Like a purpose could be starting a charity or it could be like raising a child could be your purpose, which is never going to pay you. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I'll never forget one time my mom was like, these kids never say thank you. My dad was like, that's part of the role. Right. He's like, you just do it and they never say thanks. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it is what it is. Yeah. As yeah. they get older, you do. But yeah, being, yeah, there's so many different aspects to purpose. And I think that's so helpful. I can't wait to dig into mine more. Mm -hmm. And as a last thing, I want to talk about compatibility. I know you're mm -hmm. going to be working on something mm -hmm. for compatibility, mm -hmm. which is so fascinating because I was talking to you before and I'm like, you must get DMs all the time where you're like, does... Pisces work with Scorpio? Does it work with set? You know, all the compatibility. Yeah. What are your thoughts overall on, you know, compatibility in astrology? Is it just about sun signs or no. what can people no, no, look no, no. at? You're looking at a lot of stuff. You're looking at sun signs, moon signs. Moon signs, I think, are some of the most important. I was thinking moon signs are like your love language, right? Wow. So your moon is how, in many ways, like how you feel, what you need, what you how you receive what you need, how I you can express what you need. I have a theory. Would you say a moon sign would be related to the mother and like the mother wound because it's related to the moon? It can be. Yeah, it can be. It's it, it can be related to how you need and want to be nurtured and where you may have even miscommunications around being nurtured. So you can like look in that way to find wounds. So yes, absolutely. Your Venus is how you love, what you find beautiful, how you receive love, how you show love. So Venus is very important. But I always think moon sign is probably the most important to look at in compatibility, like when I'm looking at two charts. And I'll look at moon and Venus before sun sign. And then you actually can place charts like on top of each other. And so you can look and see if there's aspects, like if 
somebody's moon sign opposes somebody else's moon sign. So if you like lay the chart, like that's a good thing. No, <laughs> it should be similar or kind of like different aspects. I mean, you want you. It would be great. Like there's different aspects. Like conjunctions are good. So if they're like in the same house or in the same sign or if they're 60 mm. degrees apart, which is a sextile, or if they're trining, so like 120 mm. degrees apart. Do you and your husband have um, compatibility there? Yes. Yeah, so I'm a moon in Scorpio and my husband is a moon in Virgo. And so our moons are about 60 degrees apart, which is the sextile, which is a harmonious aspect versus a square or an opposition, which would not be as harmonious. So I'm, this is my crush. I'm not saying who they are. <laughs> Krista's Venus is in Blank's 12th house. Okay. Uh, that's what that, where, where's Blank's Venus? Blank's Venus is, my Venus is oh, in yeah, Taurus. Yeah. I lost, I lost the person. It's okay. You have all of anyway. my, all of my yeah. crushes on my list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. You need to, 12th house would be good. His um, Venus is in Libra in the 6th. In the six, yeah, so they would be opposing. So your Venuses are in opposing houses. We're not. But that's okay. It's There's no, there's no like, doomsday. There's no, like, this is never going to work. Mm -hmm. It's just you want this awareness because then you know where to do the work. You know to be like, okay, like, we, we have Venuses in opposing houses. So... What does that mean? It's just a tool. You always have yep. to look for the opportunities for growth. Some relationships are going to be like magnets and they're going to get along really well. And other ones is going to be like, okay, this is a growth point. This person's going to help me grow. They're going to be my mirror. You know, when you talk about like soulmates or like twin flames or anything like that, it doesn't mean that everybody's getting along like super well. It means that that's the match for your energy this lifetime. And that might mean a lot of growth. That might be mirroring. That might be seeing yourself reflected in another person and not liking it and realizing where you need to change. And then that person supports you in changing, you know? So there's there's a lot that goes in there. So I never say, like, people are always like, is this sign compatible with this sign? And the answer is yes. Like, all signs are compatible with all signs. All the signs are compatible, like, it's just important to know, okay, this, this is, is what you're opposing. This is working together. This is not working together. You know, this is this is the highs, this is the lows. This is the information we have. These are the cards we're dealt in this relationship. We'll have to tell them. This is it. <laughs> this is it. We had a good run. Uh, we got to wrap but it up. your Venus is in the 6,000. My Venus is the 12,000. Yeah, like, so it's, it's just, never going to It's never going to work. I was like, I got to tell you, I got to break it to you today. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this has been so much fun i'm so grateful we did 2023 in review 2024 some exciting moments talking about purpose and how to find it in our needle chart and then talking about compatibility i feel like people are going to have so much to work from what are you excited about creating in 2024 I think in 2024, we'll do some more courses. I've been really focused on the courses. And They're amazing. Yeah, the, they've been really well received by the community and just really ref keep refining them and getting them dialed in so that we have one kicking off, you know, every new moon and so the whole cycle's complete because we're, you know, we did Aries last year and Taurus, but like I skipped Gemini. And so, you know, just kind of getting it 
them smoothed out so that it is, you know, a continual 12 month loop for people to join into if they want. Yeah. And then maybe some other stuff that I'll help with. <laughs> maybe some other stuff. We'll see. Maybe we'll some see. other stuff. We'll see what happens. All right, guys. <laughs> Spiritdaughter.com. Spirit Daughter. She's got the crystal. She's got courses, programs. She's got her beautiful Instagram. And you have your monthly books, which are incredible. Yeah. I'm so Thank grateful. You. So grateful you came. Thanks. You're the best. Thank okay, you. guys. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much, Jill. We appreciate you. We love you. Thanks for giving us amazing content every day and coming on almost 30 once again. She's been at camp a few times. Mm -hmm. Camp, which is our free online virtual event that we do for our membership. So thank you so much to Jill. We love you. Love you so much. Thank you for following us at Almost 30 Podcast on Instagram and on TikTok. And make sure to subscribe to both Almost 30 and Morning Microdose. We have a show that you can listen to five days a week little doses every single morning. All right. We'll see you on the next one. We love you. We'll see you guys soon. Bye.